Welcome to Witch Talks, the series for spiritual seekers, witches, and enlightened souls. I'm Hannah the Suburban Witch, professional tarot reader, astrologer, and witch, and I hope you're ready to get up close and personal with your favorite witches. Hello, hello, dear listeners of Witch Talks podcast. Welcome to another episode with me, your host, Hannah, the Suburban Witch. And might I add, I have just completed NaNoWriMo for 2023. That is National Novel Writing Month. I've completed the challenge. Obviously, this episode is coming out on December 1st, but I'm recording this section on November 30th. It is 2.15 p.m., Australian Eastern Standard Time right this moment. And I've just had the big little confetti thing on the page and got the certificate that says, woohoo, you did it. And I am riding that high. If you are just tuning in, NaNoWriMo means National Novel Writing Month. And the challenge is to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And I nailed it. Huge, huge, huge thank you to literally every single person in my discord group it's called word witches it is a year-round group for witchy writers feel free to come and join it but seriously having everyone's support camaraderie seeing everyone working towards the same goal you guys are the reason i was able to achieve this to be honest it was a very shaky start i had a couple of weeks of non-stop migraines and that was very difficult to write through but i caught up in the last week i'm very very proud of myself So now that NaNoWriMo is over, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to still keep writing. I just won't have such a high word count every single day. And I'm going to start editing, doing my first round of edits for book one, because I finished that this month. So I'm also going to be looking for some beta readers. Now this is, I've already had one person, which is my alpha reader. Shout out to Naria. Thank you. I've had one person read through the whole of book one. And now I'm looking for some other people to do a second read through once I've edited. But specifically, I'd really love if there was anyone who is Scottish, because in book two, there is a Scottish character and I want to make sure I haven't really messed that up. Anyone who is Egyptian, because there is a lot, there's an Egyptian character, there's a lot of Egyptian references. I just want to make sure I'm doing that right. And anyone from Louisiana. (laughs) There's a big section that is set in Louisiana in book two. There is a few characters that are from Louisiana. I just want to make sure I get all that right as well, even if you're not in that specific section and you want to beta read, please reach out. I find it super helpful to get feedback. All right, enough about me. Uh, A little bit of housekeeping for today's episode. Firstly, I have scheduled myself a break for the Christmas and New Year's period. So that means there will be no episodes for the rest of this month and no episodes in January. The next episode of the Witch Talks podcast will be on February 1st, 2024. And just to give you a little spoiler, that one is going to be on manifesting your soulmate. It's a really great one. If you can't wait that long, I do have it available as an uncut behind the scenes version for my society members. And if you would like to become a society member, all you need to do is click the link in the description box to this episode or go to suburbanwoodtree.com forward slash society. And the last thing I'm going to talk about today, that is like, it's not an ad but it is kind of an ad, but it's my podcast, so I can do that, is talk about my planners because these are something I'm super, super passionate about. You may have seen me posting. I have created a physical product. It's a witchy desktop planner pad. Now, this is my third year making them. The first year I printed 60 of them and really I I made it for me because I couldn't find 
anything on the market that did what I wanted it to do. Basically, I wanted it to be dated so I could plan ahead. All the planner pads out there just have no dates on them for some reason. And now that I've made them, I can see why, because it's cheaper to do that. But it didn't suit me. I needed to be able to plan ahead. I have ADHD. If I use a normal diary that closes, there is no way in hell I'm ever going to use that. Like I'll use it for like a week and then forget to ever open it again. Calendars are fine, but again, they're kind of in an org. They're on a wall. It's kind of awkward. I'm not there all the time. I'm not always at the wall. And I wanted it to be portable as well. So I made this for myself and I wanted to have the moons on there, the Mercury retrograde, so I didn't get caught out and forget about them. But it was pretty pricey to print just one for me. So I decided to print 60 of them and try and sell them. And I didn't sell all of them that first year. But the people who bought them started emailing me saying, please tell me you're doing this again. I cannot live without this. So I updated it. I changed the layout a little bit. I asked for feedback. I, ch- I made it look prettier. And last year I printed 80 and they sold out. And I was like, whoo, okay, this is good. And I had a lot of people asking for a US version. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm just, I'm just a small business owner and products are not usually my thing, right? I offer services. So this year, my word for the year, which by the way, it's December now. So you should probably start thinking about your word for the year for next year. But my word for this year was elevate. And part of elevating my business was things like redoing my website, uh, elevating the process for private members and going off Patreon into my own private one that is a million times better. And then with the planners, I thought, okay, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and make it a bit bigger, (laughs) which is terrifying. So I put it out in my email. I said, hey, anyone knows how I can distribute or print these in the US? Let me know. And Lisa from Forever Clean Soapworks reached out and was like, hey, let's do this together. So we're doing it together. So I printed 50 for the US, which cost about the same amount as printing 100 here in Australia, which is wild. And so far, I have sold enough of these planners to cover the cost of printing the US ones but not the cost of printing them in Australia. So this is my call to you. If you know anyone who is witchy, especially if they have ADHD, trust me, this planner actually works. It has a tear off page at the top. So you tear off the week after it's done. It is a dopamine hit. I want to do that every week. And I tear off that page and then I write on the back and scribble on it and use that as my massive to-do list. And the actual weekly planner section is for all of my appointments, my doctor's appointments, appointments with my clients for guidance calls, the Sabbaths are already listed on there, the Mercury retrograde dates, the eclipses, the new and the full moon, they're already on the planner. And I add birthdays and stuff like that. It is a great Christmas gift and a great gift to yourself as well. And if you buy a planner and share a video of your new purchase online and tag me on social media, you will go into the draw to win a one hour guidance call with me. And that's valued at $200. I'll be drawing that in early January. I did originally say Jan 1st and now we've got an impromptu trip down south to see one of my family members who's unwell so it may not be January 1st but early January I'll be pulling out of a hat or with a random generator online and picking a winner for that prize and you'll get a guidance call with me which you can use for a tarot reading astrology reading witchy advice divination advice whatever you want personal mentorship it is a choose your own adventure type of booking and now it is time for our listener question segment Hannah, help me. Today's question comes in from Skylar via email. And Skylar says, I wanted to send a question I had after listening to your pagan parenting podcast episode this morning. 
You asked Andy something about parents having difficulty reading the Moondust books to their kids, and the discussion went in a great direction, yay religious trauma, but it didn't reach an angle I expected. Broom closet witches, who are also parents. Not only am I in the broom closet from the adults in my home, but I have to be very careful about what my kids see and hear because they're five and seven and could out me accidentally or just get me into trouble. Ugh, yes, you are absolutely right, Skylar. We didn't touch on that. And that is such an important point. And I'm sorry to everyone else who possibly felt the same way as Skylar does. Skylar did go on in that email to ask if I had any content around being in the broom closet. And I do. I have a blog post. It is titled Stuck in the Broom Closet. Tips for coming out as a witch, living authentically and staying safe. I highly recommend giving that a read. And I wanted to say as well, Skylar, I actually completely understand what you mean with this. My kids are currently two and six and we have we have family friends who are still in the church that don't know what I do for a living. They think I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm happy to keep it that way because I know that if they knew this side of me, just because I, I used to be in that mindset inside the church, I know how they're going to think about it and how they're going to react. And I don't want to deal with that. My mental health doesn't want to deal with that. I don't want to lose them as close friends, family friends that I've grown up with. They're basically like like an aunt and uncle to me. I just know they won't understand. It's not worth it for me to come out to them. However, when I was, you know, a few years back when my daughter was younger, when she was like two, three, four years old, they used to babysit her quite a lot. And this was a fear that I had. Oh my gosh. She's always telling people, my mom's a witch. What are they going to think? And when she was really little, I figured I could get away with it. Just being like, oh, we were playing dress ups or something. If she said anything and if they said anything. So that can almost be a little bit of a cover up that you can utilize. You can play dress ups. You can dress up as a witch for Halloween. And then if they say something, you can say, oh, yeah, I dressed up as a witch. They they really loved it. Right. That can almost be a little bit of a cover up for you. So now that my daughter is older, she's six years old now. We've had discussions around the people that don't understand what I do and why we've had discussions around religion and Christianity and opposing views age appropriate, but she kind of gets it. And if I was to drop her there for a play date or for them to look after her when we visit our home state again, I'm just going to say, uh, sorry to future Hannah for editing and anyone listening. That's like, this is all making not a lot of sense. I've been interrupted about a million times by my children <laughs> trying to record this. <laughs> And a siren and I think an ambulance or something going past. I feel like I have stopped and started my sentences a million times. Anyway, that is mum life. That is how I record this podcast. And my son is home sick today with some form of gastro. So he's like sitting on the couch with a bucket. So I have to keep an ear out because he's two and I don't think he can aim very well. You didn't need to know all that. Anyways, I trust that if I dropped my daughter at my family friend's house, She wouldn't say anything now. We'd have a discussion beforehand. And my two-year-old, he's still in that stage where it can be laughed off and doesn't really make much sense. Now, I will add that if it did happen, that they accidentally outed me, it would not make me unsafe. I would not be physically unsafe at any point. And that's why this is okay for me. This works for me. If you are in a situation where it would not be safe for you, then things need to be done a little bit differently. So you need to weigh up the risks versus the benefits, whether it is worthwhile waiting till your children are older and you can trust them to keep this part of your 
belief system secret or whether you just keep it to yourself. So that's not a decision I can make for you. It's a decision that you will have to make based on your own circumstances. And this goes for anyone around the world. There are countries in the world where it is life-threatening to come out as a witch. So it is not something I recommend you do at all. It is not worth losing your life over. It is not worth losing your safety over. I love when people can live authentically and in alignment with their beliefs, but your life is worth more. Please stay safe. All right. And now let us bring the vibe back up and get ready for our episode. This one's been a long time coming. It was originally recorded, God, I think in, I don't know, July or something. And then this was one of the files that got completely lost and I couldn't get recovered. So we had to re-record it in October. Now I did actually touch base with Rachel Henderson, our guest, uh, about her reading. So I said, hey, I'm editing the episode. Um, how did your October go? Because her question for our tarot reading at the start is, how's my October going to go? And you'll see what the card was for that. And she said it has been an interesting time over the last few weeks for her. And she definitely feels the tower vibes. And there's been a lot going on, but she thinks it's going to have a good outcome, but she's still in the thick of it. And it's always good to hear how people are going after they've had a reading and how it resonates after the fact as well. That's always a really wonderful bit of information, especially if you're reading for other people. Don't be afraid to be like, hey, this is the card we pulled. Did that happen? Did that work for you? Did that turn out the way we expected? Write it down. My biggest tip to everyone is always going to be to write it down. Keep records of everything. It's one of the best ways to enhance your divination practices, your tarot reading and your witchcraft. Enough chit chat. Let's start the episode. In this episode, I am chatting with Rachel Henderson, a pagan, witch, author, and dual class seamstress and shield maiden. She is a contributor to Llewellyn's Almanacs and Calendars, and she blogs about magic, creativity, and living by your own patterns. Today, we will be diving deeper into the topic of craft witchery. So let's get into it. She is joining us via Zoom all the way from Wyoming. Hey, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now for everyone listening this is um the second time we've jumped on together to record this episode the first one was unfortunately lost in my technical debacle a couple of months ago and we weren't able to recover it so Rachel has very kindly agreed to come back on and then even the first we've jumped on today and this is the second time trying again because we've had a few little technical glitches <laughs> so we just we've uh, sent out a prayer to Mercury to aid us in the rest of this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's all it's all good it's all good honestly if if there was one guest that I had to redo with I'm really glad it's you Rachel because I feel like you Aww. are really down to earth and fun to talk to and easygoing <laughs> so well I always I, I was worried there for a second because I thought maybe you know I, I know there are certain witches who uh technology just does not work for them and I'm like oh no please you know after all these years please let it not be my turn to, to have the magic and the technology just start bumping heads you know I might be one of those witches <laughs> uh, the other person that I've had um technical difficulties with was uh Mortellus. we've we've done a couple of podcast episodes together and there's usually been something or other and even just our normal regular chats something happens I think sometimes when magic is involved it does it like crosses wires a little bit it's very bizarre yeah I I view it as it's just kind of um one or the other just overwhelms mm -hmm. uh and overcharges 
And mm-hmm. so, but I, I have, I've known witches who, you know, just can't keep phones, can't keep laptops, just always have some crazy, weird magic or uh, technology failure. Um, so that, you know, and I just have spent most of my life being like, whoo, that's not me, but, oh, maybe <laughs> this time. Oh, um, I might take what well, we'll get into it. But last time you were talking about putting sigils on your sewing machine maybe I need to put some sigils on my laptop oh there we go yeah that's an idea um I think I like that idea I think I do definitely have something with it because my husband always jokes when we when we phone our relatives via like you know a video call he'll be talking to them and then the like connection will drop and they literally have gotten to the point now where they say oh did Hannah walk in the room because it, I walk and then I'm like how did they know how did they know because <laughs> I did I just walked into the room and suddenly the connection goes all funky and blurry and it's yeah it's like my I don't know I'm my aura just is like get out of the way <laughs> I'm here <laughs> yeah some sort of like um do some sort of smoke cleanse or uh mm. like you were doing the spray earlier mm-hmm. um yeah I did something a quick like little, that yeah I did a quick little juniper staining mist and then I did a road opener to try and like push through the little tech barriers that we were having <sighs> we'll okay get well I think that and the and the petition to mercury I think we're good now mm-hmm, it seems mm-hmm. like Agreed. Um, now, one thing I wanted to do was pull a tarot card for you again. Now, last time we did use the Nightmare Before Christmas deck, so I've pulled that one out again. Do you have a question for the cards today? Oh, do I have a question for the cards today? Um, how's our October going to go? How's October going to go? And this is a perfect deck for, because we are recording this uh, on the 11th of October. And, I mean, what better deck for spooky season than the Nightmare Before Christmas one, hey? I love that one too because all of the uh it has all that crafting uh part of it so I feel like ooh yeah because you know I have Sally and all of that they're crafting Halloween so when you first pulled that out the last time I was like oh how perfect is that I didn't even put that together and you're so right that's so wonderful do you know what I would love I would love a Coraline deck is there one of those have you ever seen one I haven't. I actually kind of have been playing around with the idea of like a sewing tarot deck. Mm. Uh, but I know, I don't know enough about tarot to actually do that. So it's all just kind of been little things in my head about, well, you could have, you know, the pins and you could have scissors and buttons and uh, maybe thimbles for uh, cups mm-hmm. and maybe one of these days maybe one of these days well if you ever want a collaborator <laughs> I know the tarot so I feel like that could be a really interesting oh little mix up there I'd be totally down for that oh yeah okay awesome no I would yeah I just don't know enough about tarot to yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing is having someone uh who is much more knowledgeable than me because I will I will do tarot draws for myself mm-hmm. um and I will use tarot in magic spells, but I don't know enough to actually do more than that. Mm-hmm. So up until now, it's just been kind of like one of those things just in the back of my head. Yeah, tarot is one of my uh, special interests, <laughs> my hyper focus. So I deep dive. I always feel like I'm such a bad witch because 
because I'm not I don't I'm not that knowledgeable about tarot or astrology but then I always think you know what I know enough other witches who know that so that if I have questions I can go to them so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know need- you don't have to know everything exactly and you don't need those things to be a witch that's not what actually technically witchcraft is a craft right so it's whatever elements aid to your craft and how you put it together so it doesn't have to be those Tarot is only a recent addition to the divinatory toolbox for witches, really, in the scheme of history. So, oh yeah, but yes, let's pull a card for you. Let's have a look. How's your okay. October going to go? What's coming up for October for you? Alrighty. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Now, this is one that I'm sure you do know the answer to, or the general meaning for. Put that aside. I'm going to preface this with: Don't freak out. This card here is the tower. Now, this is the first time this one's popped out for an on-air reading, which is fun, interesting. So that way. <laughs> now, the interesting part of this, now let me have a look at that moon. So when this is one thing that frustrates me with some depictions of the moon, right? In the Northern Hemisphere, when you look at the moon and it is a crescent on the left-hand side, that's a different moon phase to when I look at the moon in the crescents on the left-hand side. So in the Southern Hemisphere, when I look up at the moon, that crescent on the left-hand side means it is a waxing moon. Whereas in the Northern Hemisphere, it's a waning crescent moon. Isn't that interesting? Oh, okay. That is. So Nightmare Before Christmas, definitely Northern Hemisphere. So I'm going to go with waning crescent moon. And I think this card particular particularly with this deck, we see a very crooked tower, pointed tower, and we see this uh, waning crescent moon in the background and some like tendrils of clouds, cloud tendrils, I'm going to say, in the background. Very Tim Burton-esque, very swirly cloud tendrils, like fingers. Now, one thing to note, now a lot of the tower depictions that we usually see have people falling out of them the tower is crumbling down like something is happening to the tower now whilst this tower looks a little bit uh like it's defying the laws of physics it's a little bit like the leaning tower of pisa there is a light on at the top and it's kind of ominous and it's very dark as well it feels really internal to me that's the energy that i'm feeling from this particular depiction so what i would say is for october what's coming up there may be almost like an internal shift that you're going to go through and a shift that isn't something happening to you so it's not a physical like oh something happened to my house or something this is not one of those type of things it's an internal either breakthrough that shifts your foundational view of something right it's that oh wow that's not been working for me or wow that needs a change that there's change coming and it's coming from inside of me I need to make a change okay so it's this internal shift that's going to really radically change something now the tower is not always bad again it is a foundational shift it's almost like we have to break everything down in order to sort of rebuild from the start so it may even just be a an ending to the way you've been thinking about something or feeling about something and being able to finally lay that to rest so you can build something new again Okay. So awesome. Pay attention. Again, it's not something happening to you. It's happening from within you. It's something that you're going to discover. Okay. So I would recommend as well, seeing how this is and the waning, that waning crescent moon, right? It is, it is getting just before that dark moon phase. 
Dark Moon is all about introspection. Great time for divination. Great time for uh, things like black mirror scrying, uh, writing out your dreams or dream divination. Really good time for just being alone with yourself and with your thoughts and a really good time for banishing things as well. So even if it's something like a, a memory that's been affecting you for so long and you're like, you know what, I'm going to change that memory. I'm going to I'm going to rip that to shreds and, and shift the way it affects me from now on. It's kind of this internal shift that's going to happen for you. And the card that follows the tower, now this is a tip for everyone who reads tarot. One thing that's really beautiful, especially about the major arcana, is they go through a journey. So when we have the tower, we know what comes after the tower, and that is the star card. The star card is a beautiful card. It is a card of um, healing and rejuvenation. And it is this, when we usually see that card, it is a picture of a naked woman, right? And sometimes nakedness is vulnerability. And in this case, it's not. It's like this shedding of the skin and seeing who you are for the real, like the real you for the first time. So I can see that as this really beautiful way. As long as you honor that introspection, that aloneness, uh, that sacred alone time, a little bit of isolation that you can almost like self put yourself in as well. So coming back in, drawing back in for a little bit, this foundational shift will happen and then you're ready to re-emerge again. How does that all Interesting. Sound? That sounds like it's going to be a very exciting uh, October then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please let me know. Let me know how it goes. I mean, oh, obviously yeah, if it's absolutely. super personal, don't. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> But no, I, 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 I would absolutely let you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. awesome. uh, I have a few ideas of what that could be uh, related to. And, you know, I have deadlines coming up. So mm -hmm. that's. Uh... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Maybe even like, locking yeah, yourself away in the tower to, to get it finished. And <laughs> yeah. A mini breakdown in the meantime. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Writers and, and crafters, we we both know that feeling. Yeah, and you are a writer and a crafter all together. So, yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. Double whammy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, so with our, our questions that we, we have discussed before, but the listeners haven't heard it. So, firstly, the one thing I'm sure everyone's wondering, what is a dual-class seamstress and shield maiden? Oh, okay. So that is uh, a title that was bestowed to me by my husband. Um, if you are in any way a role-playing nerd, like a tabletop D&D, Pathfinder, any of that, you understand this idea of dual classing where uh, usually in D&D you start off as one class and then you can add other classes on. It's called dual classing. And uh, I had always called myself uh, a seamstress. And um then I got together with my husband and he would call me his shield maiden because, you know, I got his back. And so one day he's just like, you're a dual class seamstress shield maiden. I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> so I threw that up there as a, as, as kind of to incorporate and explain uh, not only my crafting and sewing and artsy side, but also my complete uh, D and D nerdery and RPG nerdery side. I love that. I love that. The, the two of them are just, they're intertwined. There's no separating out the one from the other. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a beautiful way to do it as well. And throwing it in your bio, A, it makes people who already know that sort of language go, ah, cool. And the people who don't, it makes them inquisitive. And then you may even introduce new people to role-playing games and tabletop games, which is always fun. Yeah. Well, um, in fact, uh, my husband and I actually created a tabletop 
uh, game called Coven and Crucible, and it is an RPG of modern magic. It's very much informed by my experiences as a witch, and we made it uh, two years. We're coming up on our second year anniversary of starting it. Uh, when I went to my husband, I said, hey, you want to take our relationship to the next level? And he said, yeah, like without me even explaining what I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Uh, Good to know you're up for anything. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we made this game and we're on our, we did a successful kick fund, uh, Kickstarter funding um, back in January and uh, it's been out now and we're still you know, tweaking it and uh, working on the expanded edition. But yeah, it was, that was kind of my way of synthesizing uh, my experiences as a witch and my love for tabletop RPGs. I love that. That's fun. I will, can you send me a link? I'll grab the link from you. Oh, absolutely. I will will pop it in because I'm sure we have tons of listeners that are like, "Um, excuse me, I would like a copy of that. I need that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about about that game? Because we didn't talk about this last time, so this is new for me. Oh yeah, oh um, yeah. It's uh, it again. It's a game of modern magic. The way the way I uh, my my elevator pitch is um, if John Wick and the Last Witch Hunter had a baby, it would be this game. Mm-hmm. So you're you you play as witches. There's uh, different skill sets that you can have in like alchemy or forging uh divination occult summoning that sort of thing and it's very much a exploration of what if witches uh were were accepted and it was just a a, like you had the burning times you had um you had all of these uh times where witchcraft and magic was suppressed, but now because it's the modern time, they're just like, no, we're out there running coffee shops and uh, doing, you know, underground crime stuff and, uh, you know, summoning demons and uh, running after magical creatures and all that. And the test game that I've uh, been running for almost two years now, it's kind of like a telenovela. It is very much just uh, all sorts of shenanigans and the like, but um, it's a way to have kind of a fun, gritty, uh, modern day game with magic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That sounds really fun. I'm going to check it out as well. Thank you for bringing that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course. All right. So onto our topic, which is um, basically putting the craft back into witchcraft. When did you realize that these two things could be intertwined or interwoven, if I may? Um, That started uh, back in around 2008. Um, I had gotten divorced and um, I had been out of the workforce for uh, about four years because I'd had my daughter uh, and I had stopped working when I had her. And 2008 was when the financial, the first big financial crash happened. Um, so I was, you know, I had a a kid who wasn't in school yet. I needed to do something to support us. So I started sewing. I had friends in a LARP who were like, Hey, can you sew costumes for us? I'm like, yes, I can. Can you give me money for that? And they're like, yes, here's money. Uh, so as I was sewing, uh, I was already a practicing witch by then. And I would do things. I think the very first thing I ever did was, as I was sewing, I would have my pins 
um, I have colored headed pins and I would use all my green pins to pin everything that I was sewing to sell because I'm like, let's get that money color magic in there and that prosperity magic in there. And it just kind of um, went from that because it just kind of made sense to then if I'm doing this to sell and if I'm doing this uh, to bring abundance in, I might as well get my magic in there. And uh, from there, it just kind of expanded. And I found myself um, doing things that I hadn't seen other being really talked about in other places like that you have kitchen witchery where people talk about, you know, you're getting your uh, witchcraft and your magic into your baking or your cooking. And people would talk about, oh, you know, making charm bags or jar spells, but there wasn't really, I wasn't seeing anybody talk about, well, let's just craft and get our magic into our crafting. And uh, so it started off with me working on uh, for making money to support myself and my daughter. Um, but it just kind of expanded from there where I'm like, well, wait, I can, I can incorporate all sorts of stuff into even my, you know, my cross stitch, my embroidery, you know, stuff that I wasn't doing for selling uh, or doing for money. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of from there, it just, it just made sense at the time. And it still makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. And I love the, the colored pinhead approach because A, it's so simple. B, I swear anyone that has a sewing kit has those pins. Those are just the pins that everybody has. I think yep. I have like three little pin cushions filled with those pins. Like I just always have mm -hmm. those pins. There's a never ending supply. So that is such an interesting and unique way to, to look at it using your color correspondences. Um, I know you use other correspondences as well, like fabric cor correspondences. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's like, I like to use uh, natural materials just for myself personally. Uh, and I started thinking about, well, if I'm working on this, what, you know, everybody looks at the, you know, color and herb and crystal and all these correspondences. And I was like, let's take it further. You know, if we're saying that stuff has correspondences, then everything does. It's um, not quite animism, but, you know, animism for correspondences. Yep. Uh, and um, once I started doing research, especially for my book, So Witchy, I uh, I started going, oh, okay, this makes sense that you would have silk would be related to air uh, because it's coming from the moths, that you would have linen would be related to water because of the way you have to uh, process the flax to become linen cloth. And, you know, it went even farther than that. I'm like looking at uh, synthetics and going, okay, yeah, these are synthetics, but they are associated with glamour because usually synthetics are very silky and very smooth and mm. they have excellent drape. And that, if that doesn't speak glamour and Aphrodite and love magic and all of that, I don't know what else does. And I thought that it was interesting that we can look at our base materials, look at all of our materials that we use when we are crafting and be conscientious and be conscious about what it is that we're choosing so that we are not just making a dream pillow or we're not just making a bag, but we are making a, it's a market bag. So we're going to make it out of um, cotton so we can bring 
all that kind of uh, uh, fiery, earthy goodness into it. Or we're going to use um, buttons that are metals so that we can incorporate the different kinds of metals correspondences into what we're working with. Mm. Now, you're not the first person to talk about metal correspondences because I have um, had another chat with Sam Bo Thompson on the podcast and we talked about metal magic. So that's really fascinating to even start bringing, you know, if that caught anyone's interest, then then this is, of course, is going to as well. You can weave all of them together. Like I didn't even think about metal buttons and then zippers and all the other things that you can put on that are going to be metal or beads and everything. So that's, it just gets the creativity fired up doesn't it yeah and it's not it's not like this is new either um because there is a lot of folk war and folk witchery that goes along and folk magic that goes along with uh things like needles where you have uh appellation uh where um an appellation ritual of hammering needles into the door frame or the old witch bottles where they would be putting pins and needles into there so the items that we have in our um, in our toolbox, in our sewing kit, these have had a long, long history of having magical intentions and uses in witchcraft that I think we tend to overlook because uh, one, people don't sew as much these days. There isn't as much call for it, but also because it's easy to overlook that sort of thing. Mm. Um, it's not as glamorous as crystals and colored candles and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think it also is, um, it's a longer, more dedicated style of craft. So for example, I, I'm planning an episode on low energy witchcraft because as someone with a chronic illness, it's something I have to turn to a lot. And in terms of that, a candle magic spell is very quick and very easy. Uh, grabbing a crystal, very quick, very easy. It's, it's low demand, right? Whereas crafting something, that takes time. That takes energy. That takes mental energy. That takes uh, knowing how it all works as well. So a lot of times there's this learning barrier to to people getting into it. So how would you go about telling someone if, they, if they're if they like, this sounds really cool, but I have no idea how to sew or I have no idea how to craft something. Where do I even start? Where, where would someone start with that? Um, I would I would suggest uh, first, it doesn't have to be sewing. Like there is a whole world of crafting out there. I love the idea, uh, the thing that I've been seeing a lot or that was very popular, I think it's kind of come off of its high now, is the diamond painting which is where you take a picture and you have these little diamonds that you put on and you end up with a, a painting. It's, it's like paint by number, but with little crystal diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of those things where you can get kits, you can get the supplies, um, you can get them online and doesn't require a whole lot of uh, investiture up front into uh, materials. Uh, look for crafts that don't require um you know a lot of time or effort don't jump right into quilt making don't jump right into uh to knitting um you know i'm gonna knit a uh, afghan or something like that do they yeah. knit afghans or is that crochet? You didn't. no you can knit them yeah okay and um, you can crochet and- them <laughs> but i think afghan is usually the lace knitting which is not a beginner skill <laughs> 
Yes. And that's the thing. It's like um, one of the things because I'm looking into, I think I'm going to learn crochet mm-hmm. uh, because I was I was bobbling between crocheting or knitting. And because that's the one craft that I haven't tackled yet. Okay, and let's one of the, Why not both? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's my my uh, type A brain going. No, you can learn both of them at the same time. I'm like, oh, slow down, slow down, Aries. Let's, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, but like one of the tips that I read was if you're going to do crochet, don't do granny scare- squares. Do a little amiguri, uh, uh, a little uh, stuffed animal thing, because mm-hmm. then you end up with something. It takes them out the same amount of time and effort and uh you learn the same stitches but then you end up with something whereas if you do a granny square you have to do a ton more in order for it to be um something that uh that you feel finished and accomplished by Mm. so there are tons of crafts out there that uh don't require um lots of time and energy and effort and if you go to your local even if you have no idea what you want to start with go browse your local hobby uh website or store and see what jumps out at you and you know even if it's you know scrapbooking or uh you know candle making or bath bomb making stuff like that you will find something that fits your level of uh experience and ability Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you can really let your creativity fly with any of those sorts of crafts. Uh, oh yeah. When we when we talk about crafts, really, it's just anything that you make with your hands. To be honest, which is a beautiful thing. I've got. I actually brought a couple of things because like, I'm going to talk about these things today. One thing, <laughs> which I don't know if I talked about last time or showed, but I'm going to show now. Uh, so everyone watching at home can see this. Uh, if you're on YouTube, but if not, I'm going to describe what it is as well. So I'm going to show you this. Oh, it's not really in focus because it's trying to go into my face. There we go. I don't know if you can see that. This is a piece of braided grass. It's called cording. So this is one of those old skills that people just don't know anymore. So my daughter and I, we went down, we live by a lake and we went for a walk around the lake and I was just pulling out these like long grasses because I just wanted to like play with them and hold them. And I'd seen this girl on Instagram that was doing cordage. I was like, I wonder if I could do that. Surely I could do it. Could I do it with these? Probably. So she was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just looking at this grass, wondering if I can do something with it. And she's like, what do you mean do something with it? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Let's pick some. So we just kept picking this grass and then took it home and just let it dry. And then one day when I had a bit of spare time, I took a few strands. I don't even know how many I took. And I, it was dry and crunchy and I put it in the bath and I soaked it in water for about half an hour or 45 minutes and pulled it out and it was a little bit more pliable. And I was like, oh, cool. Okay, this is what she was talking about. And then all you do is really just start twisting it until it starts twisting together and then keep adding pieces in as you twist it and then tie it off and let it dry. And it's so cool. I feel like I've made this little rope and I keep it up on on the bookshelf to look at because I'm like, how cool is this that we, you know, she sat with me. She didn't really want to do it, but she wanted to watch how cool we just made something out of nothing. What a cool, interesting skill. And that's something that it really didn't take much, you know, skill to do. You just kind of twist your fingers together. So that was really fun. That's something that I'd say is crafting. And you could use, you know, plant correspondences. You got to make sure you're not using toxic plants, of course, but um, plant correspondences to do stuff like that. And this would Mm -hmm. make such a cool thing on an altar or a cool little um, 
you know, you could hang some shells off it and make it one of those little like witch's chimes. Oh, the cool stuff you could do. So um, and that's another thing. And isn't that just, I, I love that, that excitement and that sense of accomplishment you get when you do something like that, something that you didn't think about or didn't think you could do, or you're like, I wonder if I could, and mm-hmm. then you accomplish it. And you're like, yeah, I, you know what? I can, I can take on anything and you can use that um emotion and that intent to fuel your uh you know uh, a spell on uh prosperity or getting a job or um you know overcoming some obstacle because once you're doing something that you're like yes i can do this and you funnel that into your spell work Mm -hmm. Uh, i just i love that i think that's great that's such a cute little uh I kind of want to go out and, and try that now. <laughs> I'll have to tag the the girl that I follow on uh, Instagram. Oh, I can't remember the, the name off the top of my head, but check the description box because I will find it and put it in there. She's really great. She has these wonderful videos. She makes, she does basket weaving as well using all natural fibers. Ooh. There was one where she took the, the bark off a tree and then dried it and then soaked it and then used that basket. What is she, she hole punched edges in the, the wet bark and then used something like this cordage to then sew the bark together into a little bag and I was like that's the coolest thing I've ever seen so there's some you really look at go, yeah magic <laughs> magic absolutely and I often like to think um if whatever happened if she'd hit the fan and you know, civilization went down. I'm like, I have so many cool skills that I, I know how to make soap uh, from scratch. I know how to, I, I've seen how to make baskets. I can make, I'm sure I could figure that out pretty easily. I know how to weave, you know, I, I know how to knit. I know how to do all of these things. It's, it's a skill. You know, I know how to sew. Yep. So we could make clothes with all sorts of things. We would be absolutely needed. He, yeah. No, you get these very intense buff people who think that if, you know, if, everything fall apart tomorrow that all they need is to be you know big and strong and everything and it's like mm, no it's it's going to be the crafters yep. who save civilization it's yep. going to be the people who know how to you know mend stuff and fix things and create stuff out of because you know what those walmarts and those mm-hmm. uh you know targets and all of those other stores they aren't going to be there forever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a it's a, a very useful skill. I hate that it's um it is a dying art, some of these crafts, but it's wonderful that you know you're bringing it to light. Uh, hopefully this episode inspires someone to to pick up something and give it a go. And I do love that you said don't try quilting first because that's something that I have recently tried. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a quilt. Let's make a quilt. So again, my daughter and I were like, let's make a quilt together. Went and bought the little uh, squares and and got started, and it's now become a year long project where every school holidays we we sit down and do the next aspect because it it is a lot of learning it's expensive material there's a lot to it so I'm like okay currently we've got it all pinned together all the batting and everything ready to do that next level of sewing but it's not cheap and it's not a beginner's craft so no yeah (laughs) do you do quilting um I have on occasion done I I made one quilt and that's when I learned that quilts are not for me. Um, 
but I have done little quilting things. Like I'll, I'll quote little pieces of stuff for various projects. I just made a um, garland for my kitchen mm -hmm. where I quilted a bunch of stuff together. And then I cut out from that quilting, I cut out moons and stars mm -hmm. uh, shapes that I then hung up on the, on the garland. Uh, that is about as that and making like quilted skirts if I can make it in garment form, it seems to work for me. But anything beyond that, my brain just goes, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> well, this is going to be just like my daughter and I's special quilt. She sewed all the squares together. They are not straightly sewn, which I'm just like, it's beautiful. It shows that she did it. But also I just want to unpick and fix it, but I'm not going to because it is beautiful because she sewed it. She's six. Um but I love this shit. Like both my kids have been on the sewing machine. My son, who's two, was sewing as well. I'm like, isn't this wonderful? So it's a kid-friendly activity, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, quilting is um it's wild. So is is garments are your favorite thing to to create and craft with? Is that right? Yeah, that's basically where I started. Uh i the first um the first time I made something for myself was a pair of drawstring linen pants after I'd had my daughter, uh, because um, you know, a lot of people uh, who have not given birth will not know this, but you don't go right back to the size you were before after you've had the baby. Mm -hmm. And I had been living for the last nine months in the same two pairs of sweatpants yep. and I was done. So I went to the store. I'm like, you know, I can sew. I've sewn before. I've sewn little things. Uh, my family is all, you know, they're all sewers, all of the women in my family. And uh, I picked up the stuff and I made a pair of just really easy drawstring linen pants. And I was like, I hate going clothes shopping. I hate it. And I could just make something that fits me and never have to go clothes shopping again. And that was it. Uh, that was the end of it for me. I was just like, nope, garments. That's what I like to do. Mm hmm. That's wonderful. And there's so much you can do with that as well um, in in magical garments, in, you know, anything that you add in. You could sew, I mean, what are some of the magical things you do? Do you sew like little um, sigils into pockets of things or under the sleeves? Like what are some of the little things you add in? Um, I do. Like I will uh, sew in sigils into the, uh, the inside hems of stuff that I make for uh, my children or my husband. Um, I like to, I, one of the things that I've, um, cause I have a book that I'm working on right now, which is, uh, now it's called the witch's wardrobe, mm -hmm. sewing the witch core, uh, uh, wardrobe of your dreams or the witch core clothes of your dreams, something like that. Uh, I'm never good on the other half of the title, but, um, and in there I have, a sigil skirt where you're literally sewing your sigils on the outside uh, for as embroidery for it to be seen uh, that using your um, what I like to do is I like to coordinate my thread with again color correspondences so if it's not going to be seen on the outside I can if it's like a garment for my daughter uh, I will do red because red I associate with her um, and it's for me it's a protective color for her for my son it's blue for my husband it's forest green and that way as I'm stitching it's a visual reminder that my intent is not only is this garment for them but 
I intend for it to be a garment that is comfortable, is uh, protective, gives them loving vibes so that they always know that I love them when they put it on, stuff like that. Oh, it's so special. That's so beautiful. I love that. I love that. Um, I wanted to mention as well, which kind of goes off topic a little bit, um, but back to when we're talking about crochet and knitting. For anyone that has trouble with uh, meditation, they can be incredibly meditative, like active meditation types to do. If you're doing a pattern that is, um, I even the complex patterns where you have to count, counting for me is very meditative. Like it's, it just gets you into this zone where you can drop down and focus and all your anxieties kind of slip away. Uh, it's also such a wonderful thing when we're doing something like that that's repetitive and takes a little while to create even so in garments and things you're putting your energy there's so much energy that goes into it and mm -hmm. so I think anything handmade's always going to have a little bit more magic to it but if you put that intent into the magic you know you can use a pattern that um counts in you know threes and then you know every threes you know, knit for three pearl for three whatever you're doing and then using that to fuel some have that as a creative thinking cap that you're wearing, right? You literally put it on and it's because everything yeah. threes, threes of creativity. So, you know, you can bring that numerology into your pattern making and all sorts of things. It's, it's just the opportunities are endless. <laughs> it really is. All the, the only limits is to your own uh, imagination and your own thinking. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll tell you, once you start, once your brain starts finding itself, finding those patterns and finding, um, ways to incorporate magic into your crafting it just it keeps going like mm -hmm. you will find yourself uh walking through um the craft store and going huh yeah i could do something with that or i could do this with that or that could be a i could use that for uh creating a little eye mask to give people restful sleep and it's just it's it's a different way of thinking and once your brain kind of unlocks that it just goes on forever yeah yeah I understand that <laughs> oh my gosh down to, <laughs> we have a store it's called spotlight it's like our big craft store I have to be very careful about going in there because I come out with so much stuff I'm just like oh look at all the things I could do <laughs> it's dangerous it is a dangerous store <laughs> I get that our store here we got a few different ones but mine was Joanne's uh having moved from uh, outside of Chicago to Wyoming uh, has helped because there's not as many stores around. So I have to, you know, I'm limited just because of uh, where I'm at, but I got tabs and tabs open with all sorts of shopping cart stuff and looking at stuff and it's Halloween now. So you have to check out all the Halloween offerings. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm at the point where I am seriously debating driving 90 minutes to go pick up this uh metallic um cauldron that i saw but it's you know it's a 90 minute drive to the store that has it but i'm mm -hmm. just like mm, i might have to do that because i had one and it didn't make it the move with me and mm -hmm. now i'm like but i want it back i want is it to hold my fabric in oh, so is it just a is it a usable cauldron or is it just for show cauldron it's just for show cauldron. I have my usual cauldron, which mm -hmm. is a tiny little um, cast iron one that I use yep. for my uh, for for magic. But this one was a big metal one that mm. stood on a tripod, and I used to store my uh, my fabric in there mm -hmm. as a precursor to using it. I'm like, here we go. 
time to get magical. Um, unfortunately, it didn't make the move with us, uh, but I, I found a place to get it. But it's I'm like, am I really willing to drive 90 minutes for that? I'm like, I think I might be. <laughs> well, like my magical brain is now ticking over in my crafty brain. I mean, even if you found like a plastic version or something, you could get, you know, gold or whatever color you want, gold, rose gold, pink, purple, silver, whatever you want, and foil it and foil your own Oh, one. yeah. Yeah, you totally could. That could be an interesting way, or paint it, or whatever you want to do if you don't want to go that far. Surely it's October. You've got lots of places selling cauldrons and things like that. I don't know. I don't know what mm-hmm. Wyoming's like. I've never been to Wyoming. It is uh, awesome, and I love it very much. Uh, I grew up in Wyoming, and I'm glad to be back, and every day I get to wake up and look outside and see mountains and everything. Uh, but it is a little bit we're kind of in the middle of nowhere so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that makes it tough <laughs> as someone who is finds the outside a little too peopley sometimes though uh i can't beat the fact that it is the least populated state in the united states mm-hmm. so that sounds nice it it really is <laughs> <laughs> we just uh, last weekend went on a camping trip it was our first family camping trip I've I've done tons of camping myself but not with the kids this is the first kids one and we went out about an hour and a half south and it's you know the towns there are like town of 300 people and like very very small tiny towns Mm -hmm. and it was so lovely it was so nice uh it was just a really good little break from civilization for a little bit um my daughter also lost her very first tooth on her very first night oh. of camping. So it was very memorable. We had to leave a little opening in the uh, tent for the tooth fairy to get in. And it was all very exciting. So, uh, oh, yes, I... that's so sweet. <laughs> but yeah, I totally understand the, the desire for space. That's uh, very nice. I love that you've got that. <laughs> so, I love it too. <laughs> so you've got, um, you've got a couple of books out. So, if people are wanting to get their hands on some, uh, I guess, ideas to bring some witchy stuff into their crafting, you've got so witchy. And is that predominantly just, yep. you know, sewing crafts? Is there anything in there that's, you know, I don't know, hot glue guns and there's there other stuff as well in there? Um, no, So Witchy is my first book and it is completely sewing magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, it's basically uh, my book of shadows that I then turned into, okay, here, everybody else can, can do that. Um, my, yep, there it is. Yeah, I'm holding it up. a great job with that. It that is such cover, a beautiful book. That cover yeah. is gorgeous. It's they like a... do such a great job. It, yeah, they do such a great job with their books. I love Llewellyn. They've always treated me so well, and they make the book so gorgeous uh, that I'm just like, oh, I wrote that. Um, my second book is The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary, and it's kind of different. It is um, a domestic. I The way I once heard it described that I love is it is a witchy home economics book. Oh, so. Yeah, so while there is some crafting stuff in there, it is mostly about uh, working with Hestia, who is the Greek goddess of the hearth, and how to basically make your home uh, a safe and um, pleasant place to live, a comforting place to live. I wrote that, um, I started writing that right at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. So I started it January 2020. Mm. Um, So it was it was very topical at the time. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm writing this and also living it. Yeah. Um, 
And what led but, to the the writing of that scene that it, you've gone from like crafting um, and I guess patterns and how to book to a, a half magic guide? What was what was the reason for the shift? Um, Hestia, I work with Hestia, and Hestia was like, "Now you're going to write about me." Uh, she was very insistent. Uh, Maybe, you know, she knew what was coming up or what, but uh, I had been working with her for a few years, uh, had been had known about her for 20 some years before I started working with her. And she was like, I need I need a book out there that uh, not only talks about me, but talks about the home and how to um, how to make some place where uh, you can be completely at ease Um so that's what kind of led to that. And I was, you know, when a goddess comes and says, hey, you need to write a book. I mean, you just kind of go, okay, let's, mm-hmm. let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if people are looking for ways to do, uh, get crafting into their, their witchery and in their magic, I have a third book. Uh, it's coming out in December. It's called The Natural Home Wheel of the Year. It is about, it goes through the entire Wheel of the Year, the various, uh, the eight Sabbaths, and it talks about crafts and decoration, rituals, um, journaling, divination for each uh, Sabbath, and what you can do to then kind of incorporate uh, crafting and all these kind of like domestic arts into your your observances of mm-hmm. the time. Oh, I love that. I One of the things I love about the, the sabbats is when I do a craft associated, like make a little corn husk doll, or, you know, if we go out and collect certain flowers and, you know, braid them together or those little elements of making something to honor that day, I think is so beautiful. So are your ones things that you do on the day or in the lead up to then use on the day? Like, is there a few different types? Tell us a little bit about that. So it, um, it has, it's broken up into different parts. There's recipes. There's um, a lot of it is uh, very much um, eco-friendly. Like I like to look at foraging, not just for uh, plants and sticks and nuts and all that, but also with the stuff that we have at home, like tin cans and uh, plastic containers um, the empty TP rolls and stuff like that, that those can be raw ingredients as well, not only for magic, but also for, uh, crafting and then for witchcrafting. Um, so it, there's, uh, each Sabbath has, um, it tells you like, okay, uh, here are things that you can collect to use in the craft. Here are things you can make for your altar. Um, all of the crafts are very simple, uh, so that anybody can do them. Um, especially if you want to do them with your children and kind of uh, use it as a jumping off point for a discussion about what Jeet Sabbath is about. Um, I like to think of it as it's just a celebration of this way of um, marking and celebrating as the year goes around in a way that is eco-friendly, is conscious of you know, what our impact on the world around us is and is simple and easy. Um, I run across, I ran across a lot of crafts when I was writing the book uh, as I'm coming up with crafts and, and putting stuff together where they require like a lot of different um, 
different materials or things that you would need to buy in the store and stuff like that. And I try to keep that to a minimum because I mm-hmm. want this to be something that if somebody wakes up and goes, oh my God, it's a Maybon today. Well, okay, I need to throw together, you know, I want to do something, but I haven't put a whole lot of planning into it. Well, here you go. Here's some journal prompts. Here's some, here's a, uh, something you can make uh, to eat. Here is, you know, some simple altar de- decorations that you can put together that don't require um, a big trip to the grocery store or to mm. the craft store. Mm, I love that. That's accessible and also great for people who forget until the day off, which is usually me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, as someone who chronically does that, who, who has grand plans and has the grandest plans the day after yep. the Sabbath, uh, you know, it, it was writing it as a way just to make sure that, I also uh, kind of like a blueprint for me mm-hmm. to be able to be like this year, this year for sure, I'm going <laughs> to celebrate them all and I'm going to do everything. Um, so I can't wait till the book comes out because then I'll have my copy to, <laughs> <laughs> to, <follow. laughs> to put through and be like, yeah, all right, it's in bulk. All right, <laughs> this is what we're doing. Okay, awesome. And I already have all the, uh, the materials because I still have the materials left over from when I was doing the picture. Yeah, I was going to ask, did you do all the pictures yourself and and everything for each of the crafts? I did. Um, The third book has, uh, I did for the first book, I did all the pictures. Um, The third book, I did a whole bunch of pictures. Some of them made it into the book. They used some, um, just uh, some stock images for, for, you know, to pretty it up. Um, Photography is hard. It is so hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I've gotten better over the years, but I think that I still maybe make the Llewellyn art director cry a little bit. Um, <laughs> I always joke that if ever we meet up, I'm going to have to buy her a drink or two because be <laughs> like, I am so sorry that I made your job harder. Uh, but yeah, I took pictures of all the crafts. They all have instructions on um, and lovely uh, illustrations that they made for all the steps for things. Mm. So it's it's a beautiful book. I got to flip through the uh, online galley before they sent it off to the printers. And again, Llewellyn just they make beautiful books. Mm. I'm so I I'm so lucky, and I I always feel so lucky that I'm with them. Oh, that's awesome. So if it comes out in December, is pre-sale already open? When does pre-sale open? Pre-sale's open. So you can order it on Amazon. You can order it from the website, uh, from Llewellyn's website themselves. You can order it uh, basically all online vendors. Uh, It comes out December 9th. I'm in the middle of trying to set together a, um, some book signing at various local bookstores, which is a whole new level of, uh, being around people mm-hmm. um but i'm super excited for it to come out because i think that uh it will be very useful to to people who are looking to bring a little more meaning uh especially if you're pagan and you don't know where to start or if you're uh, a witch and you're like ah, i you know i i've read about these sabbats but i you know though it's you'll have books that'll explain this is what this is about and this is why we celebrate these sabbats but there's not a lot of practical uh guides on how to actually celebrate it Mm -hmm. so i think i'm hoping that this will be helpful to people to find uh, a deeper meaning and connection 
to the Wheel of the Year and the Sabbaths. Mm, that's exciting. I'll um I'll have to get Marcus to send me a copy so I can have one for oh, myself yes. as well. Because that um that idea of creating even just your own altar decorations that you can sort of bring out for each one, I think is wonderful. I love using the crafts craft I love using craft as a way of connecting with my kids because it's kids love it kids Mm -hmm. love doing crafty things so it's a wonderful activity that you can join together um if they're are there simple ones and harder ones like is it oh yeah there's um there's there's a range uh most of them are simple because I wanted to keep it simple uh but there's there's things like making a little um a little woolly sheep where you're just wrapping yarn around this uh, cutout Mm -hmm. so that, uh, and there's the the templates in the book. Um, There's things like, uh, I think the most complicated ones are things like making fabric or uh, making twine uh, flowers and Mm -hmm. uh, pine cone flowers. Uh, A lot of the stuff that I have in there are individual components that you can then use to craft things like wreaths or uh, other decorations. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's most of them I, I again kept very simple because I want it to be accessible to people. And I especially want it to be something that people can do, uh, parents can do with their kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that a lot of times, um, a lot of books on witchcraft and paganism they're geared towards adults which you know they should be uh and i think that having uh something where you can share it with your kids is important um just to be like this is what we believe and this is how we celebrate this and give them uh some insight into what it is that uh why you're doing the things that you're doing Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you to have that out in the world as well. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, where can people find you online and where can they follow you along in your journey? Okay. I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, which is at Idiorhythmic, uh, which I'm sure will be in your yep. notes so the people, because it uh, it's a word that means living by one's own life patterns. Mm. Um, so idio uh, rhythmic. Um, that is where I'm mostly at is on that on Instagram. I also have a website, which is idiorhythmic.com. It got nuked at the beginning of the year. Oh, no. I, I lost it and I had to go and buy it back from somebody who's picked it up it was a whole thing uh so it's still in the process i'm still in the process of getting it back up and online Mm -hmm. um that was just i i was i was like oh no maybe you are one of those witches that has the (gasps) maybe i am maybe i am this is not the first time my website has been nuked maybe i'm just not for the websites i'm really good on instagram though so yeah (laughs) follow me on instagram uh that's a safe bet Mm -hmm. um and yeah, if you look for me, uh, and if, if you look for the books online, if you just, you know, Rachel Henderson books, you'll um, find them uh, through Llewellyn's website or any online vendor. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. Perfect. Thank you. And any last advice for people that are going to be doing some little witchy crafting maybe after they listen to this episode? What's your one piece of advice for them? Um, just do it. Don't, 
don't not do it because you you you're waiting for the right time or the right you know materials or the right inspiration um just start even if all you do is so one little stitch uh crochet one chain uh just don't worry about being about it being perfect don't worry about it uh being anything other than your own manifestation of your creativity Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what's important is the actual act of doing it not what it looks like and like with your daughter and her quilt and and her sewing those imperfections that's you that's mm -hmm. your own manifestation of your artist your artistic self and that's beautiful mm -hmm. uh so don't let don't be intimidated and think that it has to be perfect from the get-go yeah I love that and I think as well that the just do one thing that if you just go okay I'm just going to do one one little chain stitch that's all I can manage today I bet you as soon as you do it you're not going to be able to stop and then you're going to do it anyway so it's the best advice to like take the pressure off I do the same with my writing I'm like just just one sentence I'm just going to add one sentence that's all I need to add today and of course I don't just add one sentence I add like a whole last paragraph <laughs> or a page or two or whatever because I can't stop myself but you just need to take the pressure off and be, I'm just going to do one tiny thing. It's such a great piece of advice. So I love that. I love that you do that too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Rachel. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for doing all of this again. I super duper appreciate it. And I'm hoping that we've inspired creativity and witchiness to everyone who has listened today. If anyone does end up making something or was inspired by this, please, please, please share it online at Witch Talks Pod. Tag me in it and I will reshare it. I would love oh, to see it. Oh, tag me too. Yes, absolutely. Tag us both. We would love to see it. And that would be really, yes. really exciting. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that we could do this again. So uh, when you lost your other file and I just, I love talking about magic and crafting. So this has been a excellent evening Perfect. with my wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And for everyone out there listening, we will chat to you later. Oh, doesn't it just make you want to go and pull out your sewing kit and get crafting? I know for me, when I originally recorded this with Rachel, I went straight to my sewing machine and pulled out one of my projects that I started way earlier in the year, which is an advent calendar. And I wanted to make one that we didn't have to buy the little chocolate crappy one every year, which my daughter can't have because she has a dairy allergy. And so I made, I stitched my own one. I didn't have a pattern. I just made it up. I bought some Christmas fat quarters on sale after Christmas last year and used those. I'll put up a little video of it on the Witch Talks Instagram account, which is at Witch Talks Podcast. Come and follow us. Because this really did inspire me to, to get out and finish that, that task, that thing that I wanted to do. And I hope it inspires you as well. I'm so sorry. I feel like I've chosen the noisiest traffic time period ever to record today. So there will be no new episodes until February 1st, 2024. In the meantime, you can use this time to catch up on all the Witch Talks podcast episodes that you haven't listened to. Go and watch them on YouTube if you want to see what everyone looks like and the things we're talking about or the tarot cards we pull. But I have a challenge for you, a Christmas challenge, if you may. I challenge you to find the three podcasts that you listen to the most that you love the most that you get the most out of the top three the ones that you're like I couldn't live without this podcast I challenge you to go onto each of those ones on Spotify or iTunes and give each all three of them a five-star rating and if you have the ability to write a review to do that as well 
iTunes is where podcast reviews are usually left. But if you don't have iTunes, like I don't have Apple anything, so I can never leave iTunes ones, DM the creator or leave them a Google review or a Facebook review. There are other ways to get that information across, even just a comment on a post. I'm telling you that is the best Christmas gift you can give to the creators that you love and it doesn't cost you a cent. I hope you all have a wonderful Letha Yule Christmas solstice time and I look forward to bringing you new episodes in the new year. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in the world today and I'll chat with you next time.